Quick fire. Brett, over, under, four and a half. Over. Bryce, over, under, four and a half. Over. It's wins on the season. Over. Andy. I'm going to say over. All right. We're all over. Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Andy Olson, Brett Behrens, Bryce Bement. We're done with our podcast summer break. We're here uh, mixing it up before the Illini season gets started. We're just a few days away from when we're recording this. Coming up August 27th, the earliest date for an Illini opener ever, beating last year's opener, August 28th. So Brett Vilema loves him early. We're to break down and preview the Illini season. You heard our win totals uh, projections. We'll get into that a little bit later. But guys, we'll just start. I want to say, feels great to be back. Be we back are on back the on the pod, ready to go. Another season of post game. What we see, what we hear, uh, what it's like to be in the stadium. And this is all starting during COVID when we were the only ones in right. the venue when we actually like, right. offered something that no one else had. We're just still here. That's fine. No. And we'll, we'll continue on. But excited for another season to get underway here. That summer is officially over. Training camp done for the Illini. A lot to talk about. A lot to think about for Illini Nation coming into this season. In what Brett Bielema and the team is hoping is another step forward. And even just getting to five wins, I feel like, would be another step forward for this team. Absolutely. I know it's not going to be like that linear progress of making a bowl. But I think they can make a bowl this season. I think they have the talent to do it. It's just how does it come together on the field. Yeah, Bryson, this is your first season getting to be on the sideline with the Illini. Yeah. Uh, first of all, welcome Thank to, you. to these Illini previews yeah. and, and reviews. Uh, what are you most looking forward to? I'm definitely excited. I'm sure the players are too to actually go to some games and not go to practices anymore. I'm sure the players are play also thinking else. that, you know, yeah. play themselves. They're probably tired of playing themselves. But yeah, I'm just excited to get in the atmosphere of it and be at the game and be able to, we were already talking about our plan for Saturday and being there. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. And just also being able to travel to some games too. I think that'll be really exciting. There's a, I, I've got Michigan Stadium circled on my calendar. That's going to be a fun one to knock out for myself, and hopefully some Illini fans will be there as well. I think, guys, we start with a little positional preview as we go through the roster, as we preview this season. Got to start at QB. Brett Bielema and his press conference. We're in game week. We're getting press conferences on Mondays again. Did not give, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say any hints about who it's going to be. <laughs> but stopped short of naming a starter between Tommy DeVito and Art Sitkowski. It's going to be Tommy DeVito in my eyes. If it's not, I would be very surprised in that sense. I think he's the guy. They brought him in for one year to be the guy. I, I think he has a higher upside than Art, and I don't think Art has necessarily a low side necessarily, you know, if, if we're just looking at it. They're two experienced guys that can come in and I think run Barry Lunny Jr.'s offense, but I do think Tommy has that swag. They've talked highly about Tommy, and, you know, we're what? six days out here from game five days out. I, I I would be shocked if Tommy DeVito was not the starting quarterback, Bryce. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be, I mean, like you said, they brought him in for this. All the guys that we've talked to in training camp are also talking super highly of him. We got to go to a practice and he was running with the ones as well. So I feel like everything's kind of leaning towards it. I just think, you know, Brett Bielma is just kind of trying to hide that suspicion a little bit and try not to show what they got too much before Wyoming. But I, I feel like it's all arrows point to Tommy. I echo the same thoughts. I think it's going to be DeVito when they get out onto the field against Wyoming. 
Running back looks about the same this year as far as the Illini go. Chase Brown is back. Josh McCray as well. The one-two punch that they needed. Not much to say about the running back room besides that I think it's going to be pretty good this year. It's the deepest on the team, and I think it's what Illini Nation should feel best about offensively and maybe even defensively. I think you could argue secondary. There's there's quite a few guys there where, yeah. you, where you have some depth and you could feel good about that. But Chase Brown is an all-Big Ten running back. He comes back and Look, if he has another great season, he's going to the league next yeah. year. He doesn't want to be here next year, and, and that's a really good thing if that happens because that means he had 1,000-plus yards again and, and was the back and healthy. Remember, he's had some injuries in his career, so mm -hmm. if he's healthy, he's probably in the NFL next year if he at least even just repeats what he did last year for 1,005 uh, yards. Josh McCray, I think, is proven, but there's going to be a sophomore slump at some point. Sure. How does he handle that now that he's not this surprise running back coming into this year teams know who Josh McCray is and I think he slimmed up when I when we've seen him and talked to him and and just being you know interview you know a couple feet from each other he's still a big dude he's listed at 235 I think he probably played 240 plus last year I think he's trimmed up a little bit it was noticeable just standing next to him that he looks a little leaner a little slimmer I think that's going to help him and I would expect Reggie Love to be the third back this year it's his time to break out his third year in the program. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Aiden Lawfrey either in the rotation at some point. It was funny at media day when I asked him, Are, could we see you like in a slot position, some other, and he like all clammed up a little bit. And I've, we've covered Aiden for a long time and, and know him fairly well. And I joked to them afterwards. I said, Hey, next time just say, we'll see and wink at the camera. And, and go from there. But he's just like, no comment. Didn't, didn't want to say anything. He doesn't want to give anything away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think he's going to see the field this year as long as he's healthy. And he's another guy that struggled with yeah. injuries. So for his sake and for, I know, a lot of fans around the WCIA3 viewing area, they'd love to see the Gibson City Melvin Sibley product on the field this year. But yeah. I, I feel great about running back. I think this is like hey, A-plus position for the Alana. From one of the best, probably, positions to one of the thinnest wide receiver tight end, people just receiving the ball from what we think is going to be DeVito, but if we know anything from last year, things can change on a dime at the quarterback position. Isaiah Williams is back. I think that's the big name that we all know. Tip Ryman and Luke Ford are making up that tight end room that should be more involved in Barry Lunny Jr.'s offense. Uh, but Bryce, I mean, it's all going to come down, I feel like, to getting the tight ends more involved this year. Um, before we get to the point, or before we talk about wide receivers, I mean, tight ends is going to be huge for them. Yeah, and I think a big one, uh, Tip Ryman, I think he's going to kind of come out a little bit here. You know, he was that walk-on last year and kind of did really well. So I think that he's going to kind of come forward. I know Luke Ford was a little injured, had a, was fighting some injuries here. But, you know, I think he's going to kind of – blossom this year I think he's going to be someone that people aren't expecting to come out and just ball out pretty much the season no DJ Barker this season as he transfers to Michigan State so that does give Tip Ryman more of a chance to see the starting lineup but Brett after Isaiah Williams kind of question marks for the yeah, Illini there, there's certainly not the experience there that you would want outside of Casey Washington Pat Bryant didn't even have 100 yards receiving last year Casey Washington will be the two guy there in terms of Isaiah, but Isaiah is going to be in the slot. Casey's going to be your outside guy. I would expect Pat Bryant to be the, the other outside guy opposite of Casey Washington with Isaiah, you know, there in the slot and, and catching a lot of balls. I, I think if there's one thing I'm pretty confident in is that Barry Lunny Jr. is going to get the ball into playmakers' hands like Isaiah Williams more than Tony Peterson did. That's why Tony Peterson doesn't have a job. That's why Daniel well, Barker he does. 
okay, not with Illinois. <laughs> Roll birds, right? Roll birds. But that's why he's at the level that he's at now because it didn't work here. He he did not succeed at getting the playmakers the ball, and included in that is the tight ends. I am in agreement with you, Bryce. I think that Tip Ryman's going to have a great season. I, I think he's equal 1A, 1B to Luke Ford. And I know mm-hmm. Luke Ford has had all this praise and all this hype, and he's a really, really good blocker. But Luke has not done that, catching the ball. And to be fair, Tip hasn't either. He had single-digit receptions last year for a touchdown at Minnesota, really came on late after earning his scholarship in September. But I would expect big things out of Tip because the coaches – and his fellow teammates have talked really, really highly of him. He's been the standout guy. After the scrimmages in fall camp, he's the guy that's been coming. Barry Lunny Jr. says he loves what Tip Ryman is able to bring. The dude is jacked. Him and him and Luke Huge. both yeah. look like MMA fighters. I mean, they are yoked out of their mind. So, I, you know, for the questions we have at wide receiver, I think the tight end helps that. I really do. I, I think they're going to get a lot more targets. But to be honest, guys, I, this is my 10th year covering Illinois football. I've been saying it every year, and I feel like it's the same old record every year. Got to get the tight ends more involved, and then they never do. Yeah, It's the middle of October, and the tight ends have a combined eight catches or something. <laughs> like It just is what it is. It's always been that way in the time that I've been here. And so I hope that's not the case because I think those are two really big playmakers. And I think Brian Hightower is going to have – a, a bigger role this season. Heck, it's hard for him not to after last season when he asked yeah. for a red shirt and didn't play hardly at all. And so I think this is Brian's time to shine. I think when we've talked to him, Bryce, you featured him. He yeah. seems to be clear in the head, seems to be ready to go and be in a position to help this team that really needs it. Because after Pat Bryan and Casey Washington, you're looking at Brian Hightower, who in 2020 showed that he can do it. But then you've got Sean Miller, a freshman. Um, you've got Jonah Morris, who's a transfer. And I have Kamari Thompson on my depth chart. And that's really it. Other than that, you're looking at true freshmen in there, whether that's in Ian Pugh or some other guys who probably aren't physically ready to get in there. So, look, for me, it's, it's Pat Bryant. Uh, Brian Hightower, Casey Washington, and, and maybe Sean Miller, but he's even had some injuries. Yeah. So you, you question that even. Yeah, Bielema said that he has taken some hits in fall camp now after getting hit in the spring and hurting his elbow. He was in a sling at the spring game. It was a collarbone, wasn't it? Yeah. Sorry, that's right. Yeah. It, I mean, he just was not able to be on the field in the spring game. So he Bielema says he's back, so definitely one to look out for because he was a highly regarded recruit coming out of IMG Academy down in Florida. So wide receiver, whoever's catching the ball is going to be an interesting, interesting question going into this year. Now looking at the offensive line, I feel like in past years, if we've done these previews, offensive line was just kind of like a copy and, and paste from like the previous years. Like last year, there were four starters coming back. Like the guys who are gone were four or five-year starters. You got Vidarian Lowe, Doug Kramer moving on to the NFL, getting drafted. Now you have Alex Palczewski is back. He's going to try and contend for the NCAA record in career starts as he goes into his sixth season. You got Julian Pearl, who's healthy. He'll line up uh, on the left side. He'll be the new left tackle taking over for Vidarian Lowe. And then some new faces in the middle. A couple of Juco transfers we saw them line up in 11-on-11 drills. Isaiah Adams, the transfer uh, from a community college in Kansas at left guard. Alex Pilstrom takes over for Doug Kramer at center. Pilstrom has been in the system for a bit. And then uh, we saw it move between Zy Chrysler, another transfer, and Jordan Slaughter at right guard. So one of those two. And to be honest, 
this offense seems like it always starts, especially in a run-heavy one like it's going to be this year, on the offensive line. So with so many question marks after being such a solid position, this is new for the Illini going into 2022. I think it's kind of neat they have a little bit of a combo between, you know, some returners like Alex Palczewski mixed with some of these transfers that have played before. So it's not like... They have kind of a returners, kind of not returners, if that makes sense. And I know a lot of people are going to be excited to see Julian Pearl from this area. Obviously, people are going to want to watch him. Um, but I just think, I don't know, people are going to be excited for Palcho. I think he's going to kind of have to be the one that kind of reins them all in and just kind of has everyone kind of has to be the leader. And he's a team captain, so he's going to have to be a leader for the O-line. But I guess we'll just have to see how they're going to combine together and just kind of work together here, especially with those big names kind of leaving this past year. We talk about like a fifth-year mentality a lot, like those super <laughs> seniors. Paucho's got that sixth-year mentality yeah. like down pat. <laughs> yeah, he he's ready to go, and I think he's going to feel more comfortable at right tackle. That's what he played most of his career before moving into right guard. Uh, at the second half of last season. Pilstrom's got the center position locked up. I think Isaiah Adams has left guard locked up. I'm most curious, like you mentioned, Andy, about right guard, whether it's Zy Chrysler or Slaughter. And I think they're interchangeable in that sense. So from the the first five, I kind of look at the next three group of what I have of Jordan Slaughter, Zach Barlev, and Josh Krutz. And then there's depth issues after that. And you really don't know. So you you got to hope that they stay healthy probably not going to happen somebody's going to get hurt and so who slides into there I do think they have some versatility you've had a a guy like Slaughter who even practiced at center during training camp some and and could snap the ball Pilstrom the former walk-on tight end who beefed up and and now has been in the system really beefed up this is his time (laughs) and so hey go out there and and take over in a tough spot for Doug Kramer who's now in the NFL and playing for the Bears and and has a multi-year starter there's big roles to fill in there, and there's certainly question marks, even with the JUCO guys who haven't played at the Power 5 level before with Adams and Chrysler. And so, yes, you've you've got questions, but you also have some experience there. It's not like those guys that are transfers have never played college football. Yeah. It's just not at this level. And so, yes, there, there are question marks, and I think that's fair to question that. How they come together, I think, was is a big point of emphasis for this offense if they're going to find success I know the coaches love the transfers and and the questions about playing at this level after Juco you always got to question that but what we've seen they're big guys they should plug those holes on the inside pretty well and uh, you just wonder what the potential is there because they still got a lot of a lot of years left to play as well so uh, some old faces going out and some new faces hopefully here to stay for a bit longer Let's switch sides of the ball. We go from Barry Lunny's offense to Ryan Walter's defense. We'll start in the front, in the trenches, defensive line. A lot of faces moving on from this past season. If we include outside linebackers, as uh, they were hand-in-the-dirt outside linebackers and new defense last season, you lose Isaiah Gay, Owen Carney, Rod Perry, all moving on and getting shots in the NFL, at least while preseason is going on. Some new faces needing to step up. We talk about the law firm. I did a story on Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton taking over that inside. We could see Calvin Avery, a guy who's been with the program for a while, taking over at that nose tackle position as well. And then on your outside linebacker spots, it looks like it'll be Seth Coleman and Zeke Holmes taking over for Carney and Gay. But to me, this is one of the most interesting positions on the field just because of who is replacing them and how young those guys are coming in and what their potential is, to be honest. Yeah, I think there's 
equal question marks defensively, but I feel stronger about the defensive line as a whole, I think, in your ones. You know, I, I think there's less question marks there with Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph. Calvin Avery has flashed. We've been talking about him forever. Now is his time. Similar to Pilstrom, we're like, hey, look, if you're going to do it, now's the time to do it. Uh, T-Raw Edwards is an unknown. Just got cleared last week. Mm-hmm. Virtus Brown, same kind of thing. We've been talking about him for a long time. Came in as an offensive lineman, then switches to defense. Really hasn't shown much on the field. And then Rashawn Wilkins is the Vanderbilt transfer. I don't know what he is. He played in the SEC, played a lot of snaps, yeah. but ultimately hasn't really factored into that from what we've seen, which is also very limited in that sense from practice. So, you know, I feel pretty good overall about the ones here. But once again, if you get injuries again, Keith Randolph injured last year, what what comes on the backups? That's the bigger question to me. I think Bryce Barnes from Gibson City is the number two defensive tackle in yeah. there, which is great for him. But I think that also is a concern from depth-wise. And he's on scholarship now, and that's great. And then you're looking at a guy like Jamal Woods, said McConnell, like Evan Kurtz, a former offensive tackle. Like I, I don't know what is behind all of that at defensive tackle. I think you got two or three guys there at nose guard you feel pretty good about. And then overall from just your outside linebackers, which are defensive ends, like I, they call them yeah. outside line, but that's fine, whatever. <laughs> Seth Coleman, I think he's the go-to guy. It's time for him to be, uh, I'm not going to say an all-Big Ten player, but a, a stalwart in there, replacing yeah. a guy like Owen Carney. And, and I think Ezekiel Holmes, and it, probably more Isaiah Gay on that side, what they call it the buck position is, is the strong side, which will likely be Ezekiel Holmes and, and Alec Bryant. And I think that position is up for grabs. I'm, I'm curious who's going to roll out there Saturday if it is Alec Bryant or Zeke Holmes. Holmes has been around in the program a long time. I think this is his fourth year. Really hasn't done anything significant. Alec Bryant, the transfer from Virginia Tech. Look, I, I feel okay about all of those guys. Are they going to be the 29th scoring defense in the country like they were last year? I don't know. I think mm-hmm. that's quite a bit to ask. I do think if they're top 50, though, they're going to give Illinois a chance to compete for a bowl game. I think that should be the bar, at least in my eyes. And I think with the new offense, that's all they're hoping for. The defense doesn't need to go win games like it did last season. All it needs to do is, like Brett said, just give them a chance. That's all they need. So Similarly, some faces moving on from the linebacking core. Tolson, Hanson, on their way out, going to the NFL. In now, Calvin Hart Jr., who missed the entire season besides three quarters against Nebraska, where he was Big Ten Player of the Week. Sorry, Defensive Player of the Week. And you got Tariq Barnes, who in a fill-in role last year, played really important minutes as well. And then you got Isaac Darkangelo, who Brett Bielema is, has been praising for so long there as what I would assume be a backup as well to Hart and Barnes. And to be honest, you got some important and I would say probably pretty good leaders in there to to lead this defense in Hart and Barnes, guys that look like they have the trust of the defense. I'm excited to see what Calvin Hart can do. I think we, we all got a little glimpse of it uh, last year for one game, but I, I don't know. I, he seems like he's ready. I've done it. I've talked to him a couple of times in the spring and then this fall, and I think he's just really ready to do this. And also just um, aren't him and Tariq roommates too so i mean they have that little chemistry going on you know so i think this will be i think those two are going to be kind of a force to reckon with especially with barnes being a captain now i think he's also going to step up he got a lot of minutes last year kind of stepping up to that starting role so i think it'll be you know fun to see that combo working together i'm sure hart's more than ready to get back in the field after having the start that he did a sack touchdown fumble recovery and then 
it all goes not to waste, but then you you have to miss the rest of the year because of injury. Yeah, and I was really impressed with Tariq Barnes last year. I mean, you know, Kalen Tolson, Polson moves on and tries, you know, and now he's in the NFL, but like Tariq stepped up. I mean, he's just, I think he was the second or third leading tackler on the team last season. And and he, that's a guy that was like one of the last, I know this was predates you guys, but he was one of the last pickups in the class of 2018 or 19, maybe 19, I think it was. Like the last guys that they picked up. And he's proven now that he can play Big Ten middle linebacker. And, and I think that is a huge boost for this team. If they didn't have Tariq, it would be a lot more iffy in terms of this position. And like you mentioned, Andy, they have just been raving about Isaac Darkangelo. Mm-hmm a kid that got put on scholarship last year, told us that he's not on scholarship right now, hoping to get back to that point, working up to that. But they have absolutely been all about Isaac Darkangelo and saying that he's one of the fastest kids uh, on the defense and that he will have a role this season. So to pro- provide some depth there, I think is great because once you get past that, uh, it, it gets a lot less experience. Um, Kenena Odaluga, he's a sophomore Dylan Rosiak coming in. Uh, he's a sophomore as well. Like you just have some question marks there behind it in inexperience. Not that those guys couldn't handle it, but they just haven't done it. And so you got to hope that those guys stay healthy. If they do it, the ones similar to the defensive line, I feel really good about what they're going to do at linebacker. In the secondary, you lose one of your most important pieces. Kirby Joseph, a third round draft pick for the Illini. It was the highest draft pick in quite a few years. And it was one that, no one had seen coming when we would have been doing these kinds of preview episodes around 365 days mm-hmm. ago. But an important breakout for the Illini is he forced multiple turnovers, played really important special teams. And now you got to think about how you replace a guy like that. There are big names, the names that have been around stepping up. Kendall Smith getting on the field. Quan Martin getting more rave reviews from the coaching staff. You're going to have Sidney Brown back there as well, as well as Devin Witherspoon. And uh, some freshman names that we keep hearing pop up in this secondary. And it's another portion of the field. I feel like Illinois is probably in a pretty good spot right now. Yeah, I feel great about what Sidney Brown is going to be. I think, once again, if he provides another great year similar to his twin brother, he's going to be in the NFL. And I think they're going to both be ready to go and leave after this year if they can continue to play well. Sidney led the team in tackles last season, if I if I remember right. Kendall Smith, I feel great about he's going to play. He's It's his time and his role. He switched positions. He was offensive. Now he's defensive. Um, and, and I think he's going to be in for a, a, a good season. They're hoping between Quan and Kendall they can get similar to what they had last year from a breakout. Like they need that because it, it's not a guarantee there yet, you know? And if they can get a breakout, and I'm not saying a third round draft pick, <laughs> but even Pardon. just a consistent Big Ten player, I think they're going to feel good about what they have in the backfield there. Yeah, and Bryce, we keep hearing about Matthew Bailey getting on the field with the ones and who's the surprise freshman from Moline. Turning a lot of heads so far in camp. I mean, I just want to talk about his story for a second. Just the fact that he was such a late recruit. Didn't think that he was even going to get to come to Illinois. He thought he did really bad on his unofficial visit. But, I mean, they're calling him Sid 2.0. So, I mean, that's pretty big when you're being told that. I mean, he's 6'2", close to 200 pounds or something like that. Don't quote me on that. But I know he's 6'2". But, I mean, if you're calling a freshman Sid 2.0, we just raved about Sidney Brown. Everyone's excited about mm-hmm. what he's going to do. I mean, coming in as a true freshman, he might be a little backup there. Maybe give get some reps hopefully this year. Maybe he'll get to come on and see some 
see some field time because I, I think it'll be interesting to see him come on as a true freshman. I'd say he's probably the, the most likely candidate for freshmen seeing the field, um, at, at least the most snaps this season. All right, as we move past defense, quick on the special teams. We're getting to a chunky episode now. All new faces on special teams, new long snapper, new kicker, new punter. Caleb Griffin set to take over in his fifth season with the Illini, a product of Danville High School, finally gets the chance to be the starting kicker. Hugh Robertson from Australia. We have a great story on him in the Illini Nation kickoff special. That is airing if you're listening before Wednesday, August 24th at 630 on that day. That time is already passed. You can watch online, WCIA.com. Aiden Hall is going to be taking over at Long Snapper on special teams. I also have a brand new coordinator to work with, with Ben Miller, still recovering uh, from his cancer diagnosis. But Brett Bielema gave a good update on him. He's doing better. He won't coach this year. It'll be Snyder for the special teams. And it'll be interesting this year if you can see if Griffin can come into that role of hitting those kicks like McCourt had done. If Robertson can just carry on that Australian mantle that Blake Hayes has made for the Illini. This will be an interesting portion of the game to look at this year. It's Caleb's time, and he said that. He's embracing that, that now is is his opportunity, and it's take it or leave it in that sense because they have a couple of underclassmen that are coming in, and they're not ready yet with Mill McManus and Fabrizio Pintone. Which I, Fabrizio. I like that name. I don't know if that's – I think that's how you say it. It is. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, so this is Caleb's time. It's, it's his job until it isn't, and I think they're going to ride into that, and hopefully he is capable and, and ready to step into that. And, you know, specialists are going to make a difference. Brett Bielema has traditionally played close games. We saw it last year. This is going to matter in games for Illinois. And it's been great. We haven't had to sit here and talk about it the last few years. And now that we do, you know, I think it's going to sneak up on some people of like, oh, man, are are they good enough? And, And I think they are but they have to go out and prove it. So we'll see what happens because when you've had the James McCourts and before in the Chase McLaughlins, both guys in the NFL now, Big when, shoes. when you've had, you know, the Blake Hayes of the world, and I was surprised he didn't get picked up by an NFL team. I think there's an opportunity for that Absolutely. this year. Uh, but I think he's up in Canada right now. Yeah, he's playing in the CFL currently. So, you know, those are just things you don't have to think about, right? Specialists are positions where you don't, get mad at it until they mess up <laughs> so, it's true and they haven't messed up a lot the last right. couple of years and other than calling on james mccourt 50 plus yard field goals which he missed some but how many guys in college football are realistically taking 50 yard field goals to begin with that's true There's and a lot are missing them yeah and He's if they the are they're one. missing them yeah. so like you know I don't know. We'll see what happens in that. It's going to be interesting i'm interested also in the, the melbourne native uh robertson holding field goal tries this year how does he's used to kicking because that's what you do in aussie rules football now he's got a hold for field goals right. that, that'll be fun blake just hayes another, got it done yeah, another just, thing just another thing that you wouldn't normally think about because mm-hmm. illinois hasn't had to think about it those mm-hmm. guys have been awesome and and now it's going to be something that you know i'm not going to say is a concern but just something they have to no, consider keep an eye on it, it should be interesting this year all right I, before we get to a quick schedule breakdown we went over the offense, and we mentioned Barry Lunny a couple of times. The only, if we not include Sean Snyder, who's filling in for Ben Miller, the only new position coach this year for the Illini. He's the offensive coordinator and coaching quarterbacks as well. Like Brett had mentioned before, one year at Tony Peterson before Brett Bielema decides to move on to Lunny, a new high tempo. He called it tempro. Tempo in pro-style offense. Uh, and I... 
I'm excited. You know, maybe I'm just buying into what he's saying because he's he's a good talker. But August optimism, exactly. <laughs> August optimism. He's saying the right things. And you know, Bryce, I, I like that he wants to get the ball into the playmaker's hands. And of course you do. But it seems like he has the ideas to get that done and not just talk about it. Yeah, I mean, just from the couple practices we were able to see this fall, I feel like he was trying to get it to Isaiah Williams. He was trying to get it to the Brown. You know, like, what? I, I, that's that's going to be his game plan for sure is to get it to those key players, like you said. And I think that, I mean, we'll see. He's had a good rep sheet behind him, so we'll see if he's able to do it with Illinois. Very successful season at UTSA last year, Brett. Illinois got to see it up close and personal, but yeah, they were top 15 in scoring in the country. Exactly. And Brett and Brett Bielema has seen it up close and personal before having coached with Lunny before. Uh, so he makes the familiar hire after, I believe last year, I don't know if he worked with any of the coaches that he had hired previously. I think that was one yeah, of the things that very he had, few. Yeah. He was, he was very adamant about that, but Barry Lunny's offense going to be really interesting to look at this year. All right, I said that before we go, we're going to take a look at the schedule. We all know week zero is against Wyoming. That one is at 3 p.m. on Saturday on Big Ten Network. But we're going to like take a close look at the entire schedule here. We started out by asking over, under on the win total of the Illini. The smart people in Vegas have that set at four and a half, which is what I asked. But Brett, you say over. Why the optimism? I think there's... Plenty of experience back. There's question marks with guys stepping up into roles, but those guys that are being called on to step up have been around. I think there is some experience with that, so we'll see how that plays out. But in my eyes, it's going to come down. If if we're assuming that Illinois is a better team than Wyoming, which Wyoming lost a ton in the transfer portal this last year. They have a new quarterback. They've got a lot of question marks. Illinois should be able to beat Wyoming. If Illinois is going to be successful and get to a bowl, in my eyes, Andy, it all comes down to at Indiana. Indiana's in a very similar win prediction as Illinois at four and a half. They are coming off a lackluster season last year after a standout 2020 year. How do they bounce back? Uh, and, and how do both of these teams set their trajectory in what is Indiana's first week of the season? They're going to have a full tape on Illinois. How that game plays out, in my eyes, will determine the trajectory Illinois ultimately ends up going. And look, they were 2-5 and five last year and, and beat Penn State and Minnesota on the road and, and changed that trajectory. But early on, if they can win at Indiana, I think a lot of nations should feel great. That would make, make a Week 3 game against oh, Virginia yeah. huge, a lot more spicy if they can go on the road and beat Indiana. Yeah, and Bryce, I think when I look at the schedule, I see probably – only two games that I really don't even see them contending in. We would have said that last year about at Penn State, but that's why they play the games. These are just predictions and previews. Even My, nine overtime games. Exactly. <laughs> Mine on the schedule would be at Michigan, at Wisconsin. The rest, you could see them playing in, like Michigan State at home, Iowa at home. They can be in those games and stand a chance, possibly. I think that's the big thing this year is that they have just a better chance of competing with teams than maybe the previous years. Like they're going to be in the games. I don't think there's going to be many, you know, blowouts or anything. It's going to be some good competition and hopefully they're, they are able to put those pieces together and pull off some wins. But I think that's going to be the big thing this year is that 
they're just going to have closer games, I think, you know, if that makes sense. We have the new offense coming in with Lunny. Yeah. I think it's just going to be a little bit of a different look. And there was only two games last year they didn't compete in. Yeah. Brett Bielema yeah. has traditionally played close games. That's yeah. what he does. That's his MO. It's situational football. It comes down to whether do I punt on fourth down or do I not? Yeah. All of those things are what Brett Bielema has historically done. And he did that last year. He proved that with essentially Lovey's roster last year. Yeah. And so there was some progress into that. They did compete more than Lovey did overall in his tenure. And I think that was progress. And I think, once again, if they can put themselves into position to compete, you're going to win some of those games, just like they did uh, at Penn State, just like they did at Minnesota, where... And, and that's not even like I know that score was only 14 to seven or whatever it was. They they controlled that game on mm-hmm. and, and they really shut it down offensively after they got a 14 nothing lead and early in the second quarter in that game. And so that should give Illinois optimism in that sense. I think Brett Bielema and this staff are going to coach this team to compete and to be in games. And you never know what can happen in the fourth quarter if, if you're in games. That's right. All right, another quick hitter. We all said over four and a half. Bowl game, yes or no, Brett? I am going yes. Okay. Maybe I'm drinking the obvious <laughs> optimism. Maybe I just want to cover a bowl game again. That's right. Uh, you know, look, I, I think I think they're going to beat Indiana. They're going to beat Chattanooga, uh, barring some kind of crazy upset. And like you mentioned, I can see them competing with Iowa and Minnesota at home because those mm-hmm. games are in Champaign. Even Michigan State and Purdue, I, I think those games are going to be competitive games. You're probably not going to win all of them, but if you win half of those four games, I, you're there. And so I, I think this team is going to take another step forward, and I would expect it to because I think Ryan Walters is the real deal, and I, and I trust him after what he showed us last year. And I think Barry Lunny Jr. is just quite honestly a better coordinator than – Uh, Tony Peterson was now we have to wait and see how that plays out but right now sitting here you know today the Monday of game week I have more confidence in Barry Lenny Jr. to get that done Bryce bowl game I can see it um I think that's not a yes or no I can I uh, um I think I think they can do it I think that there's a good chance that they will um like Brett said earlier though I mean it's Bielma's year two he brought in some new guys he brought in his new coaching staff, you know, so I think it's just kind of, it takes a little bit for that, you know, year one, it was a lot of older people um, that were already here. And so now he's gotten in some new faces to the program. So I think, you know, it takes a little time to get going. And so hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens. If, hopefully it's better than it was last season. So maybe they can make a bowl game. I'm going to say yes. And just like last year, they're going to win a game they shouldn't. Yeah. And they're going to lose a game they should not. So no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I'm gonna, those are my predictions going into the season. All right. We're all on the same page. No one was divisive or anything like that. Any final thoughts, you guys, before we close this out? Brett, anything? You good to go? <laughs> let's ride. Let's ride. Alana Nation, let's ride. <laughs> Bryce, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. All right. All right, guys. For Brett, Bryce, I'm Andy. Thanks so much for listening to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Once again, Wednesday, August 24th. Tune into the Your Alana Nation kickoff special on WCIA. That's at 6.30.
You can watch it later on demand on our website, WCIA.com. Can't wait for the football season to get started. It's here, the earliest Illinois game in history. It's coming this Saturday, again, at 3 o'clock against Wyoming at Memorial Stadium. And we'll catch right back up with you guys after the game, right back here on the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. We'll talk to you then.